This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County, welcoming you to the August 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, our monthly interview show, the second Monday of each month on WPKN 89.5 FM, bringing you news and information about the arts and culture across coastal Fairfield County. This month, Fairfield's Community Theatre, coming back to life. Well, the big news is that this 100-year-old community theatre on the corner of Post and Unqua Roads in the heart of downtown Fairfield, that has sat vacant and unused for the last decade, is bursting back to life in a terrific new partnership between Cleburne Properties and Sacred Heart University, with encouragement, cheerleading and assistance where necessary from the town of Fairfield. The theater has been beautifully and painstakingly restored and has been showing a century of cinema series over the summer. But over the Labor Day weekend, coming up soon, it will celebrate with a grand opening to announce its future of live performances, film festivals, discussions, book talks, and much more, both for members of the Sacred Heart community and the community at large. So both to acknowledge, but also to celebrate in our own way, this important moment in the cultural history of our region, we've invited onto our program today, three of the leaders of the transformation of this terrific theater. First, uh, leading this effort is the director of the uh, SHU Community Theater, film and television producer, Bill Harris, best known for his 16-year tenure as head of programming and production for the A&E television networks, and now also SHU adjunct professor of communications and media studies, producer in residence, and member of the university's board of visitors. Welcome, Bill. Uh, thank you, David, very much. Really excited to uh, be here and, uh, and tell you more about the theater and all That's the exciting great. plans we have coming up. That's terrific. Evan Cleburne, who is, I believe, the youngest in the family firm of Cleburne Properties, very active across the East Coast, but based in Fairfield and going back to 1918 when Evan's great-great-grandfather, Abel, started building retail in Bridgeport. Uh, so Cleburne bought the long-suffering theater in 2019, has done a terrific job renovating it, and are currently leasing it to Sacred Heart. So welcome, Evan. I'm so pleased that you could join us. Of course, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. And watching over all of this is Mark Barnhart, who for the past 20 years has been the Director of Community and Economic Development for the town of Fairfield. And so he has witnessed up close the bumpy ride the theater has undergone in these last two decades. Welcome, Mark. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. And yes, it's, uh, it has been a bumpy road, but we're <laughs> pleased that we've uh, hopefully crossed uh, this Rubicon now and uh, ushering in a new, whole new era for yeah, the community it's, theater. It's very exciting. Um, I should say, too, that I am also a Fairfield resident, and um, I guess our tenure here in town, Mark, is about the same. We moved here in 2000, 2001. So that would be I'd love right. to, yes. yeah, I'd love to start with a brief history of the theater from my 
cursory research, I see there are quite a few gaps that I'd love it if anyone can fill in. I don't know. We do know that it opened in 1920, right? Um, but as a vaudeville stage or a movie house or both, anyone, anyone know? Well, I can't say, um, uh, Marcus Bill, I mean, David Spill, I can't say that uh, I, I know personally, uh, but uh, from what we've done with some, a little bit of research with the uh, uh, Fairfield Museum and History Center and the Fairfield Library, of course, um, uh, we believe, and this is our story, we're sticking to it, yeah, that indeed it did open as a vaudeville house uh -huh. originally. Uh, that kind of is confirmed a little bit by, uh, honestly, the architecture, the original stage. It's really just a catwalk uh, in front of uh, what became a, uh, a movie screen as films became a little bit more predominant um, uh, entertainment for, uh, format in the, uh, in, the, in the 20s and 30s. Right. Um, then it seemed that there was some remodeling in, in the 30s. Um, and I think that was when this great uh, neon-tubed Art Deco Marquis was erected. Um, yes. was some remodeling in the 30s. Yeah, it was, it's been renovated a couple of times over its uh, history. Uh, yeah. The 1930s saw a pretty extensive renovation, adding a second floor. And as you mentioned, the iconic Art Deco Marquis that uh, folks in Fairfield have come to know and love. <laughs> and then uh, later, uh, when it was operated commercially by Lowe's Cinemas, it was renovated again to uh, install a devising wall and a sound system to uh, allow for a two-screen theater to be operated there. Of course, that had the uh, drawback of, of making the balcony or mezzanine uh, space un unusable, but, um, but it was operated commercially for a period of time by Lowe's Cinemas. Huh. So was that... Um one source said it was from the 70s. One source said it was from the 90s. Do you know uh, when Lowe's was running a commercial? Yeah, it, uh, it all predates my uh, tenure with the town as well. But uh, <laughs> right. to the best of my knowledge, it was operated through uh, throughout the 70s and uh, until 2001 when it ceased uh, operations uh, commercially. Um, right. Then there was a local real estate investor, Leo Redgate, um, who I gather was leased it from David Pollock and the Pollock family who owned the building. And he ran it as a nonprofit with, uh, I guess, with a lot of young people, volunteers, um, made several attempts to buy it from the Pollock family. So that I guess that was when you came on the scene, Mark. Um, that era lasted just one decade, 2001 to 2011. I wondered, yeah. I'm sure you have some comments about that period, about the Redgate decade. Um, yeah, I, my, uh, yeah, the independent uh, or community nonprofit ran it uh, from 2001 till its closure in 2011. And um, it primarily showed second run films, uh, limited distribution, independent and uh, classics uh, movies. Um, it uh, was operated by a combination of both paid staff and volunteers. And um, for a period of time, while those involved, uh, it was more of a labor of love than a business proposition. That was my general impression of it. It never really generated sufficient capital to cover more than its operating expenses. And even that was a challenge at times. And 
And then uh, in the later years of, of, of that, um, that portion of the history, as uh, the folks involved with the community nonprofit, their uh, passions cooled and interests waned, uh, they moved on to other projects, um, you know, it became more of a challenge to operate. And uh, the, the theater was uh, defaulted on a couple of its bills and obligations. And it, it, as I said, it never really generated sufficient capital to cover anything more than its operating costs. So it, it gradually just deteriorated and fell into a state of uh, more and more of disrepair. So it really was a, like a labor of love that um, ran out of steam, um, didn't have the sort of financial wherewithal to keep going. Well, uh, David, if I could jump in just a little bit. Uh, of course, please do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, I mean, labor of love, absolutely. And it remains to be. Um, but certainly back then, you know, the business model was quite challenging, uh, regardless, uh, especially for independent theaters, when you consider that you had Blockbuster down the street and the multiple right. open up down the road. And then, of course, when you get to streaming content, um, uh, you know, it's a real challenge for independents uh, to, to be able to really, you know, have a sustaining uh, business model around that. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's very clear. And many, many theaters, not just this one, went through those kind of pains. Uh, right. Honestly, as you look forward, because it's, it's quite heartbreaking that the multiplexes in town have closed um, by way of uh, some would say COVID, but you could almost again argue uh, that uh, COVID was just the, you know, the final nail in what was a challenging business model as more and more people sit at home clicking through. And obviously this last year we've trained, you know, the whole country to do nothing but sit at home and, right. uh, and stream content. Right. And it leads us to uh, feel very fortunate that we still, maybe by a hair's breadth, still have the Avon Theatre in Stamford and the Bijou in um, Bridgeport. And let's hope that uh, <laughs> the three of these independents can, can continue. Yeah. Um, but Mark, you are also um, around then, obviously, from that following, um, not quite a decade from 2011 to 2019, when uh, I gather there were many attempts to try to um, wrest the theater away from the Pollocks. Um, what was your sense of what was going on there with the, the owners of the, of the building and those who were coming up with many ideas of how to use this classic building? Yeah, there were, were a number of attempts made throughout the years. Uh, I, I think partly it's not always well understood what the limited role of the town is and and these types of uh, real estate uh, matters, particularly when the town doesn't own or control the property. Correct. Uh, yeah. We met with, uh, I met regularly with uh, the building ownership, the Pollock uh, family, um, to talk about uh, prospective tenants and, and their plans for the future of the theater. Met with a, a number, a whole host of uh, potential operators, many of whom were very well-intentioned people, a lot had arts backgrounds, but uh, the general uh, thing, uh, the other commonality was that uh, they were severely undercapitalized. There wasn't really uh, sufficient resources or a business plan that really made a whole lot of sense. Again, given the, the constraints within the market that Bill talked about, the competition that's there, yeah. uh, the, the uh, extent of the deterioration of the building and the fact that you needed to put significant 
capital into the into the building uh, to start with before you even uh, turned over uh, and started showing whatever uh, production you, you plan on showing. Uh, we talked to a, a number of uh, different communities that had uh, different models and including Jacob Pillow and, and sure. others. Uh, so went through this uh, and the town even at one point offered to lease uh, the, because the property was not for sale, was uh, offered for lease, the, the theater. And so the town at one point even made an offer to lease the theater directly uh, from the Pollock family, which was rebuffed, at which point then it became clear that uh, really what we needed to do, if it wasn't abundantly clear at that point before then, was simply to work with the ownership to see if they would part with the asset. Mm -hmm. Did they, do you know whether they had some vision of it themselves? I mean, clearly, I've never quite understood um, landlords or owners who hold on to property that's vacant and unused and falling. I think part of, yeah, part of it was the fact that the theater is part of a larger building and there are uh, rent uh, paying entities within that. There had been even at that time. So the carrying costs for the asset were somewhat modest. Uh -huh. um, property taxes on the building being what they were at the time. Uh, and he was deriving rental income from other, uh, other tenants. So there wasn't a whole lot of motivation there. Um, and, and again, met with not just folks who were looking at operating this as a nonprofit or for some art performing art space, but even uh, met with a number of commercial operators who all had the same general take as what Bill was alluding to, just too small, too limited screens to compete effectively within the marketplace. And even at one point we had had uh, Sacred Heart University, some students there, do a market analysis and feasibility study to determine what would be the future of the space. And again, part of that, there was clearly a lot of interest from the community in preserving it as some type of performing art space. Um, a lot of people that feel passionately about that, uh, but uh, we were still struggling to put together a plan. I will say that throughout this, the common thread um, is that Throughout this period of time, there were conversations with Cleban Properties about what role they might potentially play in this. Uh, and I know there have been several attempts made by Cleban uh, Properties to either lease the building directly from uh, the Pollock family or purchase the building. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, that's that's what did in fact transpire. Uh huh. That's great. Talk to Evan in in a second. If you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our August 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, our monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Today, our subject is Fairfield's community theater coming back to life. Our guests are Mark Barnhart, Community and Economic Development Director for the town of Fairfield, Evan Kleban with Kleban Properties, LLC, and Bill Harris, director of the SHU Community Theater. So yes, you uh, introduced Kleban, um, Mark. Um, Evan, I wondered if you can tell us a little more about the company, or maybe something about its history, its values, its uh, connection to Fairfield over the years. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so we're a family company. Um, um, and uh, as you mentioned, we've been around, I guess, for five generations now. Um, That's pretty incredible. Right. Yeah, there are, there are not many companies I've learned that, that make it past two or three generations. So yeah. uh, we're very lucky in that. But, um, and, uh, you know, we're a, a, a family company and we're, uh, you know, primarily a Fairfield family. Um, uh, all of us grew up around here. Most of my family is still around here. And um, uh, for years, uh, most of the property was down on Black Rock Turnpike in Fairfield. And then um, in the early 2000s, um, my father and grandfather expanded a bunch into downtown Fairfield. Um, <clears throat> Actually, the property right across the street from the community theater, and then the brick walk um, right up the street. So um, uh, that this building was sort of right in the middle of, of two buildings <laughs> that we owned, and it was a, um, yeah. it's a it's an eyesore. It had been for years, and um, just kind of it seemed like it was the last piece um, yeah. to really bring back uh, downtown Fairfield as as great as it could be. Um, so I, I know. Uh, we had been calling for years, tried to lease it, tried to buy it. Um, not only because, you know, we're Fairfield people and we wanted downtown Fairfield to be as exciting and, and vibrant as possible, but also because we selfishly ho- hoped that it would help our properties uh, nearby, all the restaurants and all the uh, retailers who are around it. So uh, really it was, um, you know, it was uh, about our business somewhat, but and also about uh, just being uh, a part of the community and, and wanting to see it succeed. Right. So um, when so the <laughs> I don't know the the big question is when and how did this connection with Sacred Heart happen? Did this connection happen before Bill came onto the scene, or was it because of Bill coming onto the scene? Um, Evan and Bill, both either of you. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to remember that last night. Actually, I, I believe it was um, so when uh, the uh, former GE headquarters went up for sale. Oh yes, um, yeah. We had some ideas for it, and we were uh, pursuing it, and um, couldn't really find a way to make it work. And um, uh, Sacred Heart uh, swooped right in, and um, <laughs> they uh, bought the campus, and um, are doing amazing things over there. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so we were really impressed uh, with the way they worked and uh, reached out to uh, the leadership of Sacred Heart um, to see if there's any way we could get involved in all of the redevelopment plans over there. And, uh, you know, those meetings uh, continued. And uh, while we didn't end up doing anything over at uh, the GE campus, uh, when this uh, property became available, um, we went straight to them and thankfully it worked out. Right. So that was what? 20, was that 2018, 20, 2019? Uh, we got under contract in early 2019. I see. Um, I'm not sure when. Uh, I think the uh, well, actually we got it under contract before that uh, in 2018. Right. Mark, you'll remember. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was trying to remember if, if that predated uh, the um, petition that went around town, or if that was after the first time we got it under contract. Uh, I think there was an earlier petition, uh, but then there were subsequent uh, efforts to mobilize the community in support of the redevelopment efforts. That's actually an interesting point, Mark. Um, It's called the community theater. Um, I'm not quite sure why from the beginning um, it had that name, Um, but it's clearly been a building that's kind of stirred up the community and been effective and 
in getting community response. You've mentioned a couple of surveys um, that, have, that have gone on. I mean, that bodes well, I guess, for the future. Um, it, it does. And not, not having grown up in, in Fairfield, having moved here um, back in into the Connecticut in the 1980s, but, um, but it was amazing to me uh, the number of people would come up to me and relate stories about uh, first date, first kiss, being uh, <laughs> having, uh, proposed uh, at the community, th- all kinds of stories of, of wow. people. So obviously it occupied uh, a fond part of people's memories and, and people really wanted to see something positive happen. Uh, obviously it occupies a, a key location right in the heart of our downtown Right. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 it always had a special place in the heart and minds of many Fairfield residents. And so there was a lot of interest in seeing uh, something happen, uh, positive happen to the site and support for that. Right. And uh, David, if I could jump in just a little bit, it's Bill, um, yeah. on a couple of these points. Um, uh, yeah, well, first of all, tomorrow, come on. What, what happens in the balcony stays in the balcony. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we hear all kinds of stories. Uh, and indeed, uh, I often say a, a couple things. One, that, you know, we're, we're really the stewards of a, a, a century-old legacy here in town. As much as the Sacred Heart's uh, name, because we invested so much uh, time and money and effort into this uh, in programming, and obviously really investing in the community as well. Uh, to do that, um, uh, it's really, you know, I credit, and I'll, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll talk just a, briefly a little bit about my uh, involvement here, but I credit the community overall. You know, as Mark says, you know, people were, there were, certainly there were fits and starts of efforts to try to preserve this, you know, iconic crown jewel uh, in the town square. Um, uh, but of course, again, very, very challenging uh, business model. Uh, in some ways, but it could have very easily ended up being, uh, you know, another coffee shop or computer store, but the town just wouldn't let go of the hope. And, and, and thankfully, that's been, um, uh, that's been realized now that the, the theater is back. You know, my involvement started, I've, I've been um, at Sacred Heart now for uh, five years, again, as an adjunct and producing residence there and, and on the board. Uh, so, uh, you know, this idea, of course, uh, didn't quite predate me, but I, I wish I could say I was the impetus for it. Uh, but I did kind of glom onto it. I have a background, of course, in, in television and film. Uh, I ran a film festival up in uh, Richfield, and, and we're launching one here in Fairfield as well. And uh, I actually uh, opened a theater up in Richfield. Uh, you know, it's an engine jam there. When, uh, we opened a multiplex up there a number of years ago. So I come by all this interest, you know, honestly. You know, I, I was a kid, if anybody can remember this, you know, I was a kid, I had a dark room in my basement, I used to shoot little eight millimeter films uh-huh. on the playgrounds and backyards and have screenings in my porch. So, you know, this is very much uh, also a, a passion project uh, for me personally. Uh, I think um, when the university decided to, to kind of take this on, I kind of positioned myself, given my interest to, uh, to kind of step in and try and help to uh, build this out. And thankfully we got to a point um, and Mark knows this. I mean, certainly Evan knows this. You know, when I stepped in here almost 18 months ago, I guess literally scratching in the dirt. It was just, uh, you know, we're down to the, the foundation. It was a brick wow. facade. It was a shell of a building. Yeah. And all the work uh, just in restoration that uh, the Klebans did and then all the design work 
and effort uh, and technology that Sacred Heart, because it's, it's, I mean, the only original thing left is the original stage proscenium, which is the, the stage arch. Um, uh, there, everything else is brand new state-of-the-art uh, digital sound projection for a, uh, what we know to be really a world-class uh, cinema performance and education venue. Fantastic. Um, just going back a bit, Bill, so how did you um, end up at SHU? Were you a resident um, here or um, what was the connection with Yeah, it? well, you know, no, I, I actually, I retired from my corporate job like 10 yeah. years ago and then did whatever foolish ex-TV executive oh, no. does. All I the best things out. happen then, I think. Yeah, yeah. I started my own independent production company making these hopeless passion project films. Uh -huh. uh, I, I've also taught for many years during my career. I used to teach at uh, St. John's when I was working in the city right. and uh, started to do more teaching as I um, uh, looked for more stable employment uh, and, uh, and ended up tapping on the door at Sacred Heart because their media program was really growing by uh, leaps and bounds. And thankfully, um, uh, I was allowed to kind of join the faculty there. And, uh, and it's been amazing to be able to kind of leverage that experience and this opportunity, um, uh, you know, not just for me or for the university, but for the community itself. I mean, anecdotally, the you know, last time I was here was, uh, was 15 years ago to see the SpongeBob SquarePants movie with my, oh my kid who was seven years old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, throughout the last, certainly that Mark knows, the, the, the last 10 years as you walk through town, and it was frankly and heartbreakingly kind of a, a black hole. It was an eyesore. And every time you walk by, you say, why can't we do something with that? And I'm so thrilled uh, to even have an incidental uh, role here to uh, uh, bring this back to the community. So, you, so you're saying history has a tendency to repeat itself by providing SpongeBob SquarePants yes. uh, to the masses. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to fill in a couple of the uh, gaps in terms of the origin story, and then I'll d d defer to, to Evan as well. But, um, you know, with, with regard to the rebirth and the partnership, I think this is a, this is a terrific example of a public-private partnership uh, between um, the town of Fairfield, Cleveland Properties, and Sacred Heart University, all three of which had to play a, a role to see this uh, across the finish line uh, to get the theater, first of all, uh, rest the ownership away from, from the Pollock family and then uh, allow for the property to be uh, uh, renovated and, and allow for it to, to be rebirthed as a premier arts and entertainment uh, location under the stewardship of Sacred Heart. So uh, what after there was an opportunity for Cleveland Properties to purchase the property um, and there were discussions about uh, leasing the theater to Sacred Heart, there was, um, you know, a gap in terms of the financing uh, for which the town uh, granted a tax abatement for, for the property for 10 years to help cover some of the upfront operating costs associated with that. And so that, I think, is an invest a wise investment on the part of the town. It was only the second one that I believe was granted by the town fathers with respect to it. But if you couldn't make a, a compelling case around this one where we struggled for so many years to, to find... Uh, somebody to to uh, renovate uh, the theater. I, I don't know what what you could. So um, that was part of the part of the piece uh, of the puzzle that that fell in place. That's that's true. Yeah, and I, I neglected to mention that, but not not only that, Mark, but all the um, uh, various town boards and um, administrators were 
incredibly involved in this project from the beginning. So we, we definitely have a lot to be grateful uh, for to the town of Fairfield and to the community at large. Just one thing, Mark, I don't know if you're at liberty to, um, to, to comment on this, but how was the property wrested away from the Pollocks? Was, what, what was the magic uh, word that, uh, <laughs> that uh, facilitated that? Or was it uh, gentle persuasion? I, I think over the years, it was a, as a group effort um, um, that involved a lot of discussions uh, with ownership um, and, and other members of the Pollock family as to what the long-term vision and plan for this property was. And, and at the same time, Cleban uh, Properties had continually expressed interest in uh, playing a role in revitalizing this iconic landmark in the yeah. in downtown. So it, at some point, it, it, it became a combination of community interest, uh, as well as uh, some of those um, thoughts in terms of, well, what will become of the asset? Uh, it, 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 I don't think there was one magic uh, yeah. moment where it, it, it obviously did crystallize at some point with the, with the purchase and sale agreement, but uh, there were a lot of steps that, that uh, took place before then to uh, eventually lead to that point. Yeah, that's great. Um, one last, one small thing, Bill. Um, so I've heard a couple of people refer to the theater as the Shoe Community Theater. Is that its new name? Uh, well, it is the Sacred Heart University Community Theater. Right. Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, by way, quite honestly, of the investment that the university has put in it. And frankly, if it wasn't a university, it would be called, you know, the Chase Community, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. My but, point no, was. Not here yet. I, I guess my point is, uh, you know, I'm not sure it matters what people call us. As long as they call us, we say shoe a lot on campus. I see. As opposed to S-H-U. Yes. Um, so uh, whatever kind of trips off the tongue. Okay. More elegantly or more comfortable. And as long as people kind of remember whether, and listen, I'm happy to be called the community theater, you know, the Shoe yeah. Community Theater, the Sacred Heart University Community Theater, or anything else, as long as you show up. Right, all right. No, no my, <laughs> my point was that I've been calling it the SHU Community Theater, and uh, maybe I should now start calling it the Shoe. <laughs> Whatever, either <laughs> or either there, uh, David, so whichever <laughs> easier for you. Right. If you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our August 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, a monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Today, our subject is Fairfield's Community Theatre, coming back to life. Our guests are Mark Barnhart, Community and Economic Development Director for the Town of Fairfield, Evan Kleban with Kleban Properties, LLC, and Bill Harris, director of the Shoe Community Theatre in Fairfield. So I want to turn Evan to the building itself. Um, Bill mentioned that it actually was a, a shell. Um, one of my questions was, um, you know, how much was kept and how much was built from scratch? It sounds as if uh, you really were uh, apart from the outside, the in, inside you really were working from scratch. Is that right? Yeah, not not a lot was kept. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it maybe would have been easier or uh, cheaper if we could keep some, but um, unfortunately it was in a state of disrepair. 
that yeah. uh, didn't make sense to to reuse much of it, and and also, you know, with you know, Bill could probably speak this better than I could, but it's it's probably hard to make a, a modern theater work within a, an old space like that with all the um, electronics need to run these days and, and all that. So um, really, it was a complete uh, gut job. The um, you know wall that we talked about earlier dividing the two theaters was taken down. Um, uh, there was a bunch of asbestos remediation that had to be done. Oh, yeah. Um, brand new um, heating and AC systems, um, also all new building systems, and um, and that didn't even include a lot of the um, uh, you know lighting packages and uh, rigging that Sacred Heart had to set up. All the beautiful finishes that are there now. Um, yeah, it's it's there. There is not much left other than uh, those four walls. Uh, uh, that we were able to get down to. Um, there, wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot worth salvaging, I don't think. Plus, uh, an interesting, uh, the building itself was built on a on a swamp at one point, so there was an issue with flooding. Oh my uh, God. Some of the some of the, some of the area nearest the stage because it was really just uh, on joist, right? In terms of the the flooring, there was was under my. Yeah, was on we, we had to move one of the doors because. Uh, uh, that's uh, Sanford Street used to flood so bad um, before um, I don't know what it was the town did on under Sherman Green there to, to help with it but um, it used to come pouring in through one of the side doors and pooled right below the stage there so everything was was uh, rotted uh, right under the stage um, but yeah the, um, it, it really was down to the studs down to the brick so is this was this perhaps the most dramatic job that you've been involved in, Evan, in terms of you know transforming a building from a shell? Yes, this is a lot more complicated than than what we do normally. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. So who were you working with? Uh, 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 designers, architects. Um, who were the experts here that helped you pull all of this together? Uh, for our portion of the work, we used uh, we used a local Fairfield architect. Um, uh, it was primarily David Wojtowicz out of um, uh, Franz and Associates. We used a, an engineer out of um, uh, Norwalk, and then um, the general contractor was um, KB Building out of um, uh, Farmington. And then I believe Sacred Heart used Bill. Is it, is it Slam? Um, out, they're out of Glastonbury, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, and they had done a lot of um, Sacred Hearts work on campus um, uh, for their theaters. Right. Um, were there any models that, um, Bill, were you involved at all in the, in the planning and the design? Um, were there any models out there that people were admiring in terms of making a new place out of an, out of an old theater? Uh, well, I think there... You know, there are business models, of course, and programming models, and, uh, you know, those all are kind of with an overlay of what, you know, community interest uh, might be. Uh, in terms of the actual, and Evan can speak a little bit to the actual architecture. I mean, one of the things that was key was, and it's really quite amazing, I think, even from the, the very beginning when the place was uh, quite literally a shell, um, there still somehow were great bones to the space. Huh. Uh, the acoustics are fantastic. It's got a really uh, unique and interesting kind of, uh, I won't say a band shell shape, but, uh, you know, a, a curved ceiling. Um, and, of course, I believe we have a couple of resonant ghosts as well uh, <laughs> that uh, that reside. So we always keep the ghost light on. But 
Um, I, I think the, you know, we want to get back to starting with, as Evan said, removing that damn, pardon my French, demising wall, where uh, even though it was uh, a chance to put in two screens, you know, depending on whether you entered screen, you know, theater one or three theater two, you're always kind of leaning a little bit because it was just a little off. So just in the terms of restoring it to its original configuration uh, was quite amazing. We also uh, did in terms of looking at models, uh, we didn't just stick to, in terms of the physical layout, uh, the pre-existing model, we expanded the stage uh, quite considerably. I like to say smugly, it's bigger than the Westport Playhouse stage because it is. Really? Uh, we have nothing in the way of backstage storage or props or rehearsals. So the, you know, the traveling Lion King's not coming through. Uh, but we do have enough space. Uh, you know, the symphony is pasted off. We have, you know, comedy and dance and, and things like that. Uh, the other thing that uh, clearly we've done uh, trying to create a, a new vision, we have a, a reimagined balcony space. Uh, where we've retained uh, three rows of traditional balcony seating and then also put in what I call uh, the skybox, which is a big event space overlooking chrome and glass, overlooking the theater and a little director's box, all of which will have uh, be available for private parties, receptions, and even some in-theater seating and dining, uh, depending on certain events. Wow, incredible. Um, so one, another question, Evan, for you, I noticed that um, the Klebans have labeled this building the Kleban Family Building. Um, so it suggests that this building has a special place um, within your family. Uh, it does, yeah. It was, um, uh, you know, it was a nice way to, um, we appreciate the everything the town of Fairfield has, has done for our family and for right. our business. And, um, uh, you know, we thought it was a nice way to sort of cap off our um, uh, dedication to the town, and um, I guess uh, we're, we're very proud of it. So uh, it seemed like a yeah. good thing to put your name on. That's great. Um, and, and David, I'm sorry, I just want to jump in in terms of uh, the Klee bands. I mean, not only has Evan been terrific uh, and his dad, but I have to give a little shout out uh, to his grandfather. Uh, Al and his grandmother, Alita, uh, who have been uh, tremendously supportive, uh, not just of Fairfield and this project, but of me personally and what we're trying to do here with the programming. Uh, they've just been, you know, terrific champions of, uh, of what we're trying to do. And, and, and we couldn't do half of this, forget just the, the physical space, but half of our outreach and, and some engagement without them. And, and I apologize for the background music. We're having a rehearsal here for, uh, for our show tonight. Right. Well, it, it sort of uh, actually gets back to Mark's comment about it really being a community effort and, uh, you know, a wonderful example of what can happen through a public-private um, uh, partnership. So that's uh, great to hear. Oh, I forgot to ask about the marquee. Uh, who knows most about the marquee? And, I mean, I guess it is one of the, you know, like signifying <laughs> elements of the building, I mean, something that's recognized. It was, uh, I noticed it was somewhat remodeled in the process. Evan, could you talk a little bit about the, the infamous marquee? 
Yeah, I, I believe it was actually uh, almost entirely rebuilt by Sacred Heart. Um, we were hoping um, to uh, try and save as much of the original structure as we could. Yeah. But um, uh, when they took it down, it sort of just fell apart on us. Oh, it had been, okay. Um, so uh, um, beaten up over the years. But um, uh, it was really Sacred Heart who was in charge of that, and they did a great job, I think, of, of trying to be as yeah. faithful to the uh, original as they could. Uh, yeah, David, it was really important uh, for us, and I, I did have some hand in this, just in terms of at least my opinions about it. I thought uh -huh. it was really important to be, um, uh, you know, a little as historically accurate and, uh, and obviously faithful, I think, to uh, what is the general design, which includes the interior. The, the interior is really very, it's kind of funny, it's, it's kind of a, a very Art Deco modern mix, the, uh, the architecture. And if uh, you or some of your, your listeners go online, uh, you know, sh shoecommunitytheater.org, uh, you'll see some great pictures and check out our Facebook page. Uh, but the marquee was really important, I think, because, uh, you know, it's funny, it was the thing I heard most about. Really? Even before, <laughs> before it was taken down, because yeah. in the early days, you know, the first year over the holiday, the holiday stroll, I did a pop-up screen out front people were so thrilled that the corner was lit up, even though we were out there, you know, singing on the corner and handing out cocoa and cookies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to a person, uh, everyone commented, I hope you're not changing the marquee. Wow. And, and thankfully, uh, we listened to that. Uh, I think it is, you know, not only, I can't say it's an exact replica, but it's, it's very, uh, you know, in terms of evocative, uh, right down to the, um, painfully expensive and fragile neon, neon uh, uh, lighting package on top of it. And of course, the actual signage are uh, traditional little letters that you have an old man, I'm the old man at this point, who <laughs> takes a stick out and changes each of the letters on the marquee as, as the show. So uh, when we say, you know, back to the future, uh, you know, we are you know, we really honor the legacy here and, and the marquee and the fact that it says bigger than anything else, community theater on it, yeah. uh, uh, really showcases that commitment, I think, for us. Yeah. That's, that's terrific. Well, you're a man of many talents, uh, changing the marquee lettering. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my only uh, job security at this point, Mark. Is, uh, <laughs> I thought I had a mistake. I want okay. to know if the letters are still in the basement somewhere. <laughs> no, actually, you should, uh, we actually have, because we have new letters, it's a new marquee. Uh, we actually have a lot of the old letters are still upstairs in what was the original uh, projection booth. Uh, we're not quite sure. I don't know. We may start to hand them out or auction them off. Yeah, I'm not sure the letters uh, make a very good, uh, I don't know what you could spell out of it. Yeah. But <laughs> I probably wouldn't make a good Scrabble board at this point. So, Bill, tell us about the celebration. You, um, you've, the theater has kind of been open for um, a while, a few months. Um, you've been showing movies over the summer, $5 uh, a hit, a great, a great deal. Um, but you're having a big grand opening this uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, tell us first, what, what do you have planned? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, because I'll miss something if I start to list everything. So one thing yeah. I will ask uh, both your, your listeners, and I'm sure you do it online, is to just uh, a link to our website. Yeah. Because uh, there's so many new things coming up. 
Uh, listen, I was ready, you know, in fact, came on board to open last Memorial Day, but of course the world got crushed right. and, you know, we, we survived, uh, thankfully, the, the last year. So I was committed um, uh, to open up this Memorial Day, which is kind of a traditional, you know, movie season opening as well as the beginning of summer. Uh, so that's what we did. We got out a little early because we weren't <clears throat> all quite done, but that's okay. We needed the time to ring out the lines and test systems and honestly start to build a little bit more awareness and interest because the, you know, the biggest challenge is the theater has been closed for 10 years. Yeah. So there's no muscle memory about what's going on at the theater. So we, we did reopen formally uh, after a few preview weeks um, uh, with some music, some really uh, high-class music. We had some Broadway stars uh, in, uh, George Washington from Hamilton and Lee from Phantom. We had some Metropolitan Opera stars here. Uh, uh, a month or two ago for a fundraiser uh, that the Clevans uh, put on for us, which was fantastic. We've had uh, comedy shows, Connecticut Comedy Festival, as well as a lot of great films, both classics and some new films that have been released, um, uh, you know, as we've all been able to kind of get out the door and, and see some of this. You know, I, I joke that uh, we showed Godzilla versus Kong. I said, you know, King Kong doesn't fit in your living room. On your, on your little screen and you know, he, he really fits in the theater and with the immersive uh, surround sound. So we continue to do that. There's some great screenings, uh, some really terrific films, some new films, independent films, and uh, you know, the distribution model for new releases is all different anyway, but we'll be doing uh, many new films as well. And coming September, uh, we're gonna have our official uh, ribbon cutting and rededication for the theater and then uh, we're just hitting the month of September chock full of all kinds of programming content from a lot of great live music, uh, uh, comedy acts, um, some other uh, real name performers, and of course some great new films that are coming up. And we will uh, be doing, uh, after the Labor Day opening, uh, we will be spending, uh, a, you know, a special week in commemoration of uh, the 9-11 20th anniversary uh, with programming uh, all that week and, and uh, including some things that uh, the town and other uh, organizations will be involved in here um, uh, commemorating that. that. That will be, did you say, a week long? Yeah, we're actually, well, right out of Labor Day, uh, Labor Day Monday, we'll have, um, uh, you know, actually we're showing on Labor Day Monday in the Heights, um, uh, you know, which is a, a new release and a musical. And then on Tuesday, so Tuesday through uh, September 11th, every day we will have a different uh, film uh, or, or community event leading up to the, the 20th anniversary. Great. So one question is this interweaving of Sacred Heart uh, and the Sacred Heart community with the community of uh, Fairfield and the life of downtown. Um, what is the vision for the sort of mixture of SHU uh, events um, and other more general public events? How do you see that kind of interweaving of the two? Um, well, uh, again, I think, uh, you know, they're one and the same. <laughs> Sacred Heart University is part of Fairfield. Uh, we certainly are now, uh, by virtue of having uh, a very large uh, foothold in downtown Fairfield as well, part of the downtown community and the, the merchants as well. Um, so, uh, so I don't think there's, there's much difference there. 
clearly we're operating, you know, kind of here behind me, you know, we, we're operating this as a facility which runs, you know, all day and as much into the night as possible. Uh, there will be uh, uh, very specific university programs, curriculums, um, uh, and other events that are kind of driven by uh, university activity and student uh, driven. Um, uh, but, and it's not the flip side, but in addition to that, um, you know, more than half the schedule really is, let's just argue those are daytime things where you can't sell a lot of tickets and a lot of people coming anyway. Um, uh, so we'll be use, utilizing um, uh, the place for rehearsals and for use of the university. But then as you, as you kind of transition into more of the, if you will, transactional hours, all the evenings, all the weekends are really about public events, uh, wherever they come from. Some will be university things because we attract a lot of great uh, talent, a lot of great educational and, and outreach uh, that is, uh, you know, that's open and accessible to the full community. Um, but we also, uh, again, you know, going on stage aren't just uh, university acts. We have uh, all world-class talent coming from all over the place. Right. Uh, and the same with our screening events will be both some university, some masterclass things, as well as really big Hollywood releases, film festival, international uh, programming and other things going forward. I mean, you, you have a theater in, on the a main campus of SHU. Um, I'm just thinking that maybe having this grand uh, space might uh, give further impetus for the development of, I mean, I, I know you have choruses, you have uh, um, wonderful dance uh, groups, um, might give an extra impetus for development well, of those. No, you're exactly right. I don't mean to, to, to underplay that. I think, you know, we have a tremendous theater arts program. And yeah. We, told we have several theaters on campus uh, for that, including the Edgerton, which is our, you know, our largest theater with 700 plus seats there. Uh, I, I think to, to your point, uh, this, is, this is another venue, just like we have a separate West Campus in a way, as our business uh, and our ability, opportunity continues to grow. Uh, this new downtown theater will give our theater arts department more opportunity, uh, you know, frankly, to move off campus and onto the main street uh, in, a, in a legitimate public uh, theater space. So uh, absolutely, as we can do that, there will be uh, that as well at the same time that we will have, uh, again, everything from the New Haven or Bridgeport symphonies, other kinds of stage acts or touring acts uh, here too. Oh, just one uh, just occurred to me. Um, so you're open for um, other performing arts groups um, to how, how does a group um, they just contact you if they're interested in... Uh, Yes, and, and in fact, yeah, I mean, this is the community theater. I mean, yeah. it's the Shoe Community Theater, but again, community is 10 times bigger on the marquee. And, right. there's, and, and, and frankly, that's, you know, that's our audience. That's our, our, you know, our patrons are largely the people from, uh, as you mentioned, the Fairfield and surrounding communities, more than just, uh, you know, targeted and dedicated to, to the university. So uh, a quick answer is, listen, you can rent the place. Well, you can start, you can buy a ticket and come. You can rent the place for an event or you can bring a program to us that, um, you know, we would look at and uh, figure out a way of how we can uh, perhaps help to put on a show. Now, that said, this doesn't mean it's like open mic night. 
it, you know, have to be a show that's, you know, fairly legitimate yeah. that we think yeah. we could sell some tickets to or get some real interest. Right. Um, but uh, absolutely, the theater is uh, open and available. Our, our schedule is quite flexible. And uh, we're always looking for new ways, which, and just the last point here, uh, which includes, uh, you know, the third leg of our proverbial stool here, cinema performance and education, includes educational initiatives. You know, we sit in the middle of, you know, four schools that are within walking distance of the theater. Uh, and, uh, and the library across the street and the museum around the corner and a bunch of other things. So all those, uh, the usual suspects, all have, you know, I have a need to bring the community into this and a real interest in promoting uh, the kind of uh, you know, really programming content and outreach that they can deliver. I want to, um, I'm very interested that uh, the other university in town, Fairfield U, has a foot in downtown with its Fairfield University bookstore. And I believe, Evan, that the, Cl the Clebans had a role in that as well. Can you tell us yeah, about that? Yeah, uh, that's right across the street. Um, that was uh, before my time. Um, that was um, uh, a former uh, Borders bookstore. Right. Um, and, uh, um, geez, I don't know, Mark, was it, it was 2008 or something that Borders left? I believe. That sounds, yeah. that sound, that sounds, a little, that sounds about right. Let me a little bit before that. Sorry, yeah. yeah, 2009 or 2010, but... Um, uh, and um, uh, I think that's probably part of the reason that it was uh, interesting for Sacred Heart to come down. That it's a great billboard for uh, Fairfield University there, and um, uh, you know it, I think it brought a lot of students downtown uh, coming to get their books. That, I think that was that was great uh, for the downtown area, and this is sort of the same thing right across the street. Um, Mark, do you know how that happened? In terms, of, was that was that Evan's father who was uh, involved in? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, there's a, a common theme here. Uh, the, the Kleban family has been extraordinarily generous and, and supportive of efforts with the downtown. As Evan mentioned, it's you know it makes good sense from a business uh, uh, prospect as well as it's just the right thing to do and has been supportive of the community. So when Borders announced it was close, uh, closing that location. Uh, one of the first calls, I think, was uh, was from uh, Ken Evans' father to uh, uh, to the folks at Fairfield U to see whether or not they would be interested in moving their uh, campus bookstore downtown. And so, again, a, a wonderful example of a public-private partnership to to make that happen. Um, and again, I, I can't thank uh, the Cleveland family. And I think, you know, again, from our perspective, we're extraordinarily proud to be host to two first-rate institutions of higher learning, Sacred Heart and Fairfield U. So it, it's tremendous. And I gather um, Fairfield looks a lot different than it did when you first moved here, Mark, in 2001. It does. I mean, it, it certainly has uh, the downtown is very uh, dynamic, vibrant. Um, and part of that is our um, nascent arts and cultural uh, destination. I mean, we've we've started to establish ourselves or we have established ourselves as as kind of a foodie destination with a lot of the uh, restaurants downtown. Um, and we have a number of uh, great, a great diversity of retail offerings as well. A lot of independently owned and small business operated uh, retail shops. But 
you know, part of the heart and soul of the downtown is the fact that we now have uh, the SHU Community Theater to complement that, uh, which came before with the Fairfield Theater Company. And they're two tremendous uh, performing arts venues at the warehouse and stage one. And not too far away is the Regina uh, Quick Center at Fairfield U, which is uh, close to the downtown as well. So you really have a, a core of um, arts and cultural uh, venues uh, within uh, close proximity to one another that really help uh, support the downtown. And, and again, we're just extraordinarily proud to, to partner with uh, such first-rate institutions like Sacred Heart and Kleban uh, Properties. That's great. Let's hope an arts, and, an arts council follows soon to be able to gather, gather um, a lot of these energies together. Well, thank you all for um, being with us today. Um, all our listeners, come on down to downtown Fairfield, especially over Labor Day weekend, to help join in the celebration of the SHU Community Theatre. I want to thank you all for uh, being with us today. This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County. You've been listening to our August 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, a monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Today, our subject was Fairfield's Community Theatre coming back to life. Our guests were Mark Barnhart, Community and Economic Development Director for the Town of Fairfield, Evan Kleban with Kleban Properties, LLC, and Bill Harris, director of the SHU Community Theatre in downtown Fairfield. If you missed part of the broadcast or just want to hear it again, you can hear the show on WPKN podcasts on SoundCloud. I'm David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County. Please tune in Monday, September the 13th for the next edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture.